Hello and welcome to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I'm Billy Newman and you can find more of my information out at billynewmanphoto.com. Today I'm uh, coming back to the podcast with a couple stories. I'm going to be talking about um, a trip that we did down the wild and scenic section of the Lower Rogue River in Southern Oregon. It's near my hometown at Grants Pass and uh, and it was great to do. It was really fun. Uh, it was the first time that I've got to travel down in a raft uh, on the trip and I've, I've hiked it a couple times on the uh, on the trail that, that kind of goes along the uh, the north side of the River Canyon. Um, and I think it's about 44 miles, at least when you hike it. And I think it's probably pretty close to that when you, uh, when you end up rafting it too, but it was a great time and it was, it was really cool. It was a, it was a three day camping trip, uh, that was, uh, just all rafting. So it was, it was pretty cool. We, uh, we packed up everything, uh, all the gear, all the camera gear that we could, and then went down on a Thursday night and prepped and then had everything ready to go early, uh, early Friday morning. And so we, uh, we had everything on the trailer and the boat, uh, which is a lot of gear. It's a lot of gear to go through three days on a, uh, on a fully supported, uh, camping whitewater trip. But, uh, it was great. My friend Robert really, uh, really helped us out and, and set it all up. He's been guiding for, uh, I guess the last two years now. And then this summer he's done, uh, almost all of his, all of his work on the lower rogue. So he ended up investing in his own, his own raft and his own trailer and stuff. And, um, he, in the area that the wild and scenic, a lot of people not from that area might understand, but it's um, it's one of the few rivers that it's been classified, or a few sections of river in the U.S. that's been classified as uh, wild and scenic. And there's a couple other spots that do that too. But essentially, what it means is that there's no new commercial building or private building, and uh, there's no new property ownership on the river. And I think even with the established buildings that are there, there's a lot of requirements of what they can do and can't do, what color they can be or can't be, and how much more development or what type of business can be put in that spot. All because of these uh, these regulations on the wild and scenic area that they're in. But it's really beautiful. It's cool. Um, there's there's still a lot of wildlife down there and, uh, and just a lot of un, untouched stuff. Um, but it's great. It's actually still quite a bit busier than I think uh, when I was talking to uh, the folks at the BLM office, I think they said that there's like 130 or like 100 heads a day go down the uh, the, the lower rogue uh, every day of the summer. But you think about that, I don't I don't think anything like that, or I don't think that there's that many. Uh, you know, you, when you're there, you never see that many people go through any given spot on the river during a day. So, uh, but as far as I understand, it's it's pretty competitive to get a slot, and almost everybody, or you know, they're always filled. So we picked up our our, our uh, permits. We put them on the boat. We geared everything up and staged it, and then we we got in the river at Graves Creek on the Lower Rogue, or yeah, on the Rogue River, entering the Lower Rogue section of the Wild and Scenic, and starting the uh, I think the three days to raft out down to uh, down to Agnes or down to Foster Bar, uh, which is which is a ways out. And it really, what you're doing is you're kind of cutting through on this section of the Rogue River. You're cutting through a big section of the, the Cascade Range. Uh, that heads out or that kind of interrupts the Southern Oregon area from the coastal area. And so there's really no roads that go through there other than logging roads or other than the the transport road that a lot of the tourism industry uses to get back and forth from Foster Bar to Galice. So um, I think we set up a a shuttle. We put in at Graves Creek and uh, we started our trip. We shot a lot of film on this trip. I think it was almost exclusively film except for any of the parts that we did that were were shot on video. so we had like a couple, couple small HD video cameras uh, with us, like a little GoPro piece that we put on the put on the boat and uh, put on the raft and had it, you know, kind of record some stuff while we were going through some rapids. 
which I'll, uh, I'll try and put together here really soon and put up on on the site or, or put up as some some video or tweet it out sometime soon. But uh, but it was really cool. I think the the first feature we hit was uh, was Rainy Falls, and that's like maybe maybe two miles in. Um, and so I, I think we had to navigate down the fish ladder. The interesting thing about this time of the year when we were taking the trip is. Uh, since we've been in really essentially what would be a drought, we still have some water up here in Oregon, which we're fortunate. But uh, since we haven't had as much rainfall, the reservoirs that supply the river water flow have been depleted over the course of the summer. And so they're trying to cut back and now ration a lot of the water output that's going out of uh, out of the reservoir that's up upstream from us. And so since that dam regulates the water output, I think it normally runs, it would be standard for the river to be running at, I think, like 2,500 CFS. Uh, in the section that we are, and when and regularly in the summer, as the water levels start to go down, when I was working out there, I think I remember it regularly at like seventeen hundred cfs. When we started the trip, it was at one thousand cfs, and they were predicting that it would be at nine hundred cfs. Um, and it was interesting. You could, you could see the the water mark. You could see kind of like the line in the tub when it drains. Like you could see about four feet in a lot of spots where the water had dropped down and uh, just wasn't there anymore. You could see a lot of the the vegetation that was right under the water. A lot of the moss had now just been exposed and then started to dry out and die. And so you could see a lot of that all the whole trip down is that the water level just suddenly dropped about four or five feet in a lot of the areas where it was um, maybe a little bit more narrow. I guess if it was a really broad section of the river, that four or five feet would be stretched out um, cubically over more horizontal surface space. Um, so sometimes you'd see it, you know, only four or five inches apart. Um, but the trip was great. It was really cool. We split it up into three days. So I think we did, I don't know, maybe maybe eight or 16. No, probably like 16 miles that first day. I think it was from Graves Creek to near Bol- or just past the Black Bar Ranch. And uh, so we had like a pretty small campsite set up out on the side. We uh, put together our, our kitchen box, our tent, uh, set up the hammock. And I think we went fishing for a while, which was pretty cool. Um, shot some film in the evening. It's really nice in that canyon. Uh, and I, I think it's really cool. Sometimes there's not as many features to really build a photograph on, but that, you know, it's fine. It, what's really cool in that area is, uh, is the light, kind of the, the landscape, the camping aspect of it. And I think kind of developing photos um, from that basis is better than, I guess, working around, uh, or at least like what I noticed down there is I, I had more fun taking pictures of myself and my friends and us kind of camping and the lifestyle element of it a lot more than maybe like a, like a nicer artsier side of, uh, of picture taking that you might get into where you're really structuring things and setting things up and photographing pristine mountains and lakes and snow and rocks all together. Um, there's not as many photos of that. A lot of it's, uh, a lot of it's like interesting shots of like, you know, the rafts going through rapids or a canyon or, or just the river canyon itself. Um, I think there's a few really cool shots from, from Mule Creek Canyon, which is, which is one of the more interesting features on that section of the lower rogue that's not a rapid, I suppose. But the, the river, which is normally, a, you know, a pretty, it's pretty wide most of the time, but in this section right after the Rogue River Ranch, which we started on our third day, we uh, we jumped into the to the boat and uh, and took off and and I think you hit a rapid called Coffee Pot first and then we, you jump into the the Mule Creek Canyon which uh, is a slot where the river comes down to maybe I don't know maybe nine feet across in that spot I think it was it was difficult Robert um, was was rowing the boat and had the the oars and the frame and the raft and it's one of the spots where you can't 
you can't really have your oars out because it's such a narrow section of the river. So you have to throw them forward all the time and kind of maneuver, or you have to pull them in real close to the boat and then maneuver out. Um, and that's just how narrow it is down there. And we'd been down there in the Mule Creek Canyon one time before. Well, I've been there a couple of times and, and Marina and I had gone uh, once before when we, uh, we drove down a road to get there and uh, went to a place called the Rogue River Ranch, which is down there and another lodge called Mariel. And they're both supported by this logging road that, that kind of leads in about 30 or so miles from Graves Creek. And um, there's a nice, pretty developed lawn out there. It's really, uh, really cool. It's a nice day drive if you can make it all the way out there. So we hiked from, from the Rogue River Ranch down um, a little ways, I think maybe a half mile or so, and camped out in the, the Mule Creek area for, for a night back in 2012. Around this time of year, too, it was in October, we went down. Uh, to camp out and then and then just kind of stay in one spot and shoot photos of people coming through a cool spot instead of being on the boat and go all the way through the river and kind of miss the boats going through. Um, and it was great to be there last year. There's a ton of what I was always amazed by about the Lower Rogue or about a lot of the folks that try and, uh, or that work on the Lower Rogue is this time of year in September and October, I think it's the salmon run that starts picking up. And so the fishing season really explodes. And then these fishing, these paid fishing tours, um, uh, which I hear is a great way to, to make a lot of extra money. Um, if you can row a drift boat down a pretty complicated section of river, you can pull in a lot of money. Uh, but it's so cool watching these really nice, uh, well-polished wooden drift boats just cruise right through these really complicated whitewater rapids in low water and, and with a lot of rock showing. And, and what I was hearing is that if one of those drift boats just knocks into a rock at all, it's going to sink is, is what I hear. I don't know if that's, the case, but I mean, you got to figure if it's just wood and if it takes a big crash into a rock, it's going to, it's going to not hold or it's going to, you know, leak water. But, uh, but yeah, it was a great time. It was really cool. It was cool heading from the Rogue River Ranch. I think that was the, that last day there. We did a run from the Rogue River Ranch all the way out to, um, to Foster Bar on, uh, on Sunday. And then we just kind of shot photos as much of the day we could. I think I jumped out a few times to kind of run up ahead and then shoot back at the boat as it was kind of passing by, which was uh, a fun callback to, uh, to the times when I'd be out on the river all day trying to get photographs of all the tourists doing the day river section. Um, so it was a ton of fun to do. It was, it was cool. One of the scarier parts of the trip, one of the parts where you, know, you kind of hold your breath for a few seconds was, uh, was down near Blossom Bar. And, and um, a lot of people have talked about Blossom Bar before. It's one of the more, well, I think it's the most technical um, maneuver that has to be done on the Rogue River. And I think it's often considered the most dangerous because I really, I mean, like there's a person that dies there every other year or so uh, in some kind of uh, rafting accident, even really when everything seems like it's going okay. Um, and so, so there's a lot of, um, I don't know, it's just not very navigable. It's a really narrow section. I think, uh, we were pushing a 16 foot boat through, and I think they go up to 18 foot rafts, uh, that they do on these guided trips that go down. Uh, I'm not sure how big or how long the, uh, the drift boats would be, but I'd imagine they wouldn't exceed 20 feet, but the, the channel of the river that you have to get through is a pretty swift area where it's, it's pulling down and there's a lot of rocks in the area that you have to maneuver around and since it's pulling it's kind of pulling vertically downward and you're kind of dropping in an elevation of a couple of feet because because of the big drop over the rocks that the river has to make you have to make too and so uh there's kind of a, an s turn that the current takes and if you don't know quite how to paddle it or how to read out ahead on the river and then pull yourself back in and then kind of maneuver around it can be real tricky and, and uh we we got through so we went up um, and then Robert did a great job paddling through it. Um, 
And it's, it's not quite the same as the other stuff that you think you really have to like pull in and then kind of back into a spot and then move forward and then pull out to a side. Uh, there's just a lot of tricky maneuvers and it really comes at you fast too, because the river's just, just barreling down to, uh, to push you down into all these rocks. Um, so we made it through. It was really cool. It, it seemed easy almost, you know, when we cruised through, we, we pulled out and got off to the side and walked back up on top of the rocks to look down and, and uh, look out over the view of uh, a blossom bar. And there was a handful of other rafters that were up there that were trying to uh, try to scout out the, the route they should go. And I think since they'd heard about it being complicated and probably since they saw it and, and didn't know really what to do, they, uh, they took a few minutes up top to kind of assess what they wanted to do and then figure out their route, talk to other people. And so we were there for a few minutes. We saw a guy, a group of kayakers get in together and then they started out. So the first guy goes through, pulls it off, gets down to the bottom. And then the second guy comes up. I think he was an older fella, and he didn't seem like he was. <laughs> he didn't seem like he was that experienced as uh, as a kayaker, but uh, he came in and I think put way too little energy in at the very beginning. Waited too long, which is really maybe a second too long. His kayak drifted down too far downstream to really be able to back out effectively or to move his boat over to the right side as quickly as he needed to, and he wrapped his kayak up. On, uh, on one of the rocks that were there, which is the one that you always want to avoid, as I understand. So the water comes down, pushes him right up onto that rock. It folds or it, it presses his kayak up sideways. And he goes underwater for what seems like four seconds. I'm not sure, but he went underwater in maybe the worst spot. <laughs> and uh, I think there's this feature called the picket fence. It's a section of of uh, pretty terrible rocks that the, the river just kind of drags bodies into. Um, which is, uh, which is, uh, which sounds awful. Um, but he fortunately did not get caught up in that, which is where a lot of folks end up, uh, losing their life, unfortunately. And he popped up just a few feet away in the open channel, which is great. But I think he was still pretty, pretty focused on retrieving his gear or something, which is pretty much off the table at this point. Cause you're just really going down a waterfall. Uh, so he was able to paddle out to the side. He looked pretty shaken up. He might've been he might've been 60 years old or so. That's probably what I'd, what I'd guess his, uh, his age to be. And I wouldn't want to have to experience that when I'm 60 either. That seems, uh, too, too engaging, but, um, his boat was stuck there. He fortunately got out, but all his boat his, or his kayak and all of his gear was still trapped on that wrap rock. And from what I understand, since I mentioned a minute ago, the, uh, the channel of that river is maybe 20 feet wide. When you put a kayak in that's stacked up, that loses a whole two feet or so the space that you have to, to sort of visualize your map of trying to move an 18 foot raft through that, that little slot. So from what I understand, you have to be real accurate because there's only a few inches left on either end of you from, from the, the front of the boat on that wrap rock and the rear of your boat uh, on the rock behind you. So it ends up being a real tricky spot, but, uh, but he fortunately popped out and then it was great because since there were so many other people up on that, that rock that were trying to scout out their course and get through, um, when they went down, uh, there's a handful of people that went through, they made it out, uh, pretty well. I think there was one other kayaker that rolled and, uh, it had a little bit of a later stage and was able to swim out just fine, but still freaky. I wouldn't want to fall out there and dump at all. But, uh, the last raft that was going through, I think it was another 16 footer, a guy with some oars and he, he came through and he, he came through just 
uh, or he turned his boat just in a way where it would kind of bump that kayak. And so he was able to, to bump it and he cruised through Blossom. And then after a few seconds, that bump kind of changed things around just enough to pop that guy's kayak out or kayak loose. And it floated down and I guess they, they retrieved it and all of his gear. And I think they pumped up that tube that had collapsed and they just went on their way and kept rafting. So we got to talk to their group for a second later on. And I think they didn't realize how serious it seemed, but uh, felt like I did. But yeah, it was a interesting day. So I think they ended up pulling off at, uh, at the Paradise Lodge, just past it, and uh, and then stayed the rest of their night there, and then took off and took out that next day. But it was great for us. We had a great time cruising down. I just got, uh, or uh, gosh, what was it? I don't know. It was probably like four or five rolls of film, which maybe isn't that much, but I'm pretty selective about the pictures that I end up pulling the trigger for. And uh, so it was a good time. It was really, it was really cool to to get down and do the lower rug for the first time on a boat a lot easier. Gosh, I guess remember it was September of 2009. I went with my friend Jeremy and we, uh, we backpacked the trip. That was, that was my first backpacking trip. I probably did everything wrong. I wasn't trained for backpacking. I took way too heavy of a pack. I took way too heavy of gear. I had no money to invest in anything that would kind of help me be set up to do it. And so it was, uh, it was pretty uncomfortable for most of the time. And uh, I think one of those things where you, you learn a lot about what what has value when you're backpacking. And that's why I started investing in better outdoors equipment and stuff that would help out. And I think that's kind of what, what started me going on the idea of uh, doing those trips and those photo trips and all that sort of stuff later on is kind of gearing up from that trip or gearing up after I realized that everything was so hard with what I had brought on that first trip in 2009. And then that, that other time, I think I hiked, I hiked in August of 2011, I went down and I hiked it with uh, with a handful of our friends. Robert was there at that time also. Um, so we did that backpacking section, which is, man, just a long day every time. But hiking's fun. It's cool. It's just, man, it's a grind. Um, so definitely the best way to enjoy that area was, was uh, cruising down on the river. It was a lot of fun. I think Marina got a lot of cool pictures of, uh, of Robert and I fishing and, uh, and hanging out at the camp. I've uh, had a lot of fun bringing that... Uh, that hammock down the one that we have these uh, these lashing straps this webbing uh, where you can you can tie down onto a tree and then kind of hook it in with a carabiner hook this hammock in with a carabiner from tree to tree and then just like hang out and lounge so it was great to kind of throw in the boat we had a, a ton of other stuff too and man just good time all around it's a cool spot i'm uh i'm excited to try and go back sometime too and it's great man that's the reason i have friends with skills is uh try and get them to take you on cool rafting trips every once in a while so hopefully get a chance to do one more short trip sometime in the season of 2015. And then otherwise I'm going to try and, uh, and bank it for next year in 2016 and do a couple trips, uh, hopefully downriver, uh, which I imagine is, is possible, but, uh, do a couple trips downriver and, and, uh, kind of get more familiar with that area. But that'll probably wrap this episode of the Billy Newman photo podcast. Thanks to guys for, uh, for checking it out this time while I, uh, kind of, ramble on and explain stuff about the uh, the lower rogue river and grants pass but thanks guys thanks for checking out the billy newman photo podcast